Thank you very much, Keith and Jeff. And thanks to you as a congregation for allowing me the privilege of working as your pastor among you in these past five years. In your bulletin, uh, you may want to take notes uh, on the inside. The answers will be on the screen, or you can just jot down uh, notes that you want to take as we look at Philippians 3, 10 to 14. As one drives a vehicle, it's important to be aware of what is going on behind us as we are driving that vehicle. And so we glance in the rear view mirror. We want to check whether what we are doing is impeding any of the traffic behind us. Or we want to check whether someone is following too closely, as perhaps that is more likely the case. But we don't drive by gazing into the mirror. Instead, we glance quickly, and then we place our eyes and our gaze on what is in front of us, on what is before us, what is coming up ahead. So, in my sermon today, in this final sermon as the pastor of East Petersburg Mennonite Church, and final sermon as a full-time pastor. I want to take a glance backward, glancing backward at my 47 years of pastoral ministry, and then also look and gaze in the future, and particularly in what Paul has to say to the Philippians, in Philippians 3, 10 to 14. So, it was on Sunday... January 5, in the year 1969, while a 22-year-old college senior that I was licensed by Virginia Mennonite Conference and installed as pastor of Stanton Mennonite Church, Stanton, Virginia. And in my files, I came across an announcement in the Gospel Herald of that service taking place in my address that, uh, at that time. And I was serving as a pastor and then also taught science for 13 years at the public junior high school across town. And including my intentional interim assignments, I have served as a congregational pastor for a total of 42 years in six different congregations. Then, in addition, I served as a conference minister, conference pastor, for five years in the South Central Mennonite Conference, and therefore a grand total of 47 years of ministry to this point. So, for those who appreciate numbers and statistics, I decided to offer the following. I've been involved in or officiated at 86 funeral Memorial slash memorial services, that does not include graveside services, be more the funeral memorial services, including 20 here at East Petersburg. And then I have been involved in or officiating in 34 weddings plus one recommitment ceremony where the couple had been separated and then desired to be recommitted together in marriage. 
Now, when I came here as intentional interim pastor slash lead pastor in October of 2011, this congregation was recovering from numerous changes in pastoral leadership that the congregation had experienced in the previous decade. There was a significant amount of pain in the congregation that the congregation was carrying due to the loss of members of those who chose to worship elsewhere and not attend this worship gathering, and then also experience of grief as a result of the loss by death of persons from the, in the congregation. Consultant Marcus Smucker was working with me at that time, and Marcus and I spent over 50 hours of listening and caring for persons as we met with the Sunday school classes at that time. Concurrently, Anna and I were carrying out the what we call every home visits in getting to know you in your home or around a meal in a restaurant if that was preferred by who we were visiting, learning to know you in your setting and being able to connect with you and being able to see how far and how widespread we are geographically. So with that as a brief glance in the rearview mirror, we want to now turn and look at the scripture and also look to the, to the future. Where Paul tells the Philippians in 3.10, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So Paul's goal and Paul's desire is to know and experience the same power that Christ experienced, the power of the resurrection from the dead. To have and to know that power that is available to each of us. And Paul is saying, I want to experience that. And so the apostle says, in 3, 10, and 11, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So, and this is the first answer in the message notes. Knowing Christ, I want to say very specifically and emphatically, that knowing Christ is more than intellectual knowledge. We learn to know another person 
by spending time with that person, by having conversation and finding out what makes that person tick and understand what are the what are the hobbies, what are the interests, and what are the desires and the goals of that other person. The same is true of Jesus Christ. We learn to know Jesus by spending time with Jesus in prayer and by allowing the presence of Christ to be with us as we experience the realities of walking with other people. Knowing Christ means to be in vital relationship with Jesus, talking with Jesus in prayer. Hans Denk, an early Anabaptist leader, writes, No one can truly know Christ unless he follow him daily in this life. And no one may follow him unless he has first known him. End quote. So Paul prays in Ephesians, another church plant that Paul was involved in. Paul prays that the Ephesians would know the power that is available to them. He prays that in Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. And he compares that power to the mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. The desire that Paul expresses in Philippians 3.10 is that he might know and experience the power of the resurrection in his own life. And so that is what Paul is praying for the Ephesians. That is what Paul is saying that he wants to experience, that he's telling the Philippians here. And he says in verse 12 that he has not achieved perfection. He has not become perfect. Full perfection can be defined as the full and complete knowledge of God. And Paul's one burning desire is to be like Jesus Christ. Certainly, we as a congregation can say that we have not achieved perfection. We have not attained that measure. And energy must be given to the task of of learning to work together across the generations, and to develop, as a congregation, to develop, continue to develop common vision and goals. Our vision or mission statement, a community learning to live and love like Jesus, challenges us, challenges us to become more and more like Jesus Christ to move toward perfection in Christ. Certainly we can say individually that we have not attained to perfection in the Christian life. No matter if we're a church leader, no matter what our involvement in the congregation, we have not attained perfection. But we still continue to grow and desire to grow. And the apostle has his eyes fixed on the goal of perfection in Christ. That is his desire, and there's no question about the direction of his vision. He desires perfection. He desires to know the power of Christ working in him. It's interesting also that Paul says, forgetting what is behind. 
Now, by this, he doesn't mean the inability to recall the past, but he's saying, I am free. Paul is free from the bondage of the past. We can't change the past, either in our own lives or in the life of a congregation. We can't change the past. We need to accept and, and the past and offer forgiveness where it is necessary. And then we need to look toward the future. And all of us have some regrets as we look back over the past. But that does not keep us from our goal of moving into a new future under the direction and under and in experiencing the power of Jesus Christ. I recognize that there were significant challenges that I have faced in my work in the congregation. And I would suggest, speaking very candidly this morning and frankly, that the Sunday school classes, the way they are structured here and segregated according to age, has not served this congregation well. Because persons tend to find their identity and their solidarity in the class instead of what is best, instead of seeing themselves as a member of the total congregation. Therefore, I applaud and affirm the efforts of the living room class that meets downstairs to be, they're intentionally working on becoming an intergenerational class. But in both a personal and a congregational level, we must accept and deal with the wounds and the hurts of the past. Already stated that we must offer forgiveness whether it's necessary. And then we must accept the challenge and look to the future. Accept what God has in store for us. And I am convinced that the struggle that we face in church work, in church leadership, the struggle that we face in, in the Christian life, both individually and as a congregation, that the struggle is a spiritual battle. Paul puts it so eloquently in Ephesians 6.12, For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That's where the struggle is. That's where our enemies are. So I would challenge those of you who are members of this congregation and worship here in this worship gathering regularly. I would challenge you to pray regularly and consistently for the leaders of the congregation. Pray that the Lord will grant an extra dose of wisdom and discernment to the pastoral search team to know the type of pastor that is needed for this congregation. This is a crucial time for this congregation. And therefore, it's important that each member stay the course and to nourish the fruits of the Spirit 
in your interactions with other members of the congregation. Let those fruits of the Spirit be expressed in your interactions. And then determine to pull together as a congregation by supporting and encouraging one another in the work of the Lord. And rather than asking, what do I enjoy or what do I prefer or what does my generation want, particularly in worship style and in songs, to say, what is best for this community for this time? What is best for this congregation at this time for the common good of East Petersburg Mennonite Church? And then press on toward the goal. The runner, the Olympic runner who is determined to win is not looking behind. The runner who is determined to win looks forward to the goal, to the finish line, and puts every ounce of energy into achieving the goal. Gene Getz comments, Obviously, Paul was exerting human energy to become like Christ. It involved goal-setting, motivation, and personal action. End of quote. And the Christian life, in the same way, means that we exert energy. We exert lots of, needing lots of power to achieve the goal. Power that comes by the Spirit of God. And the prize is the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. That's the goal. And then I offer some concluding challenges. I would challenge each of you to commit yourself anew to the Lord Jesus Christ and also to your support and work of this congregation. The Church of Jesus Christ is composed of sinners who are saved by grace. And to the children and the young people, your life is ahead of you. And the way to a meaningful and fulfilling life is in relationship to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to make that commitment to Jesus and to be as clear as Joshua when he told the children of Israel but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then I would encourage you to fully and wholeheartedly support Pastor Jeff in his role and responsibilities here. Times of transition is a difficult time for all concerned, not only the persons in the pew, but also for persons in leadership those who are charged with leadership responsibilities. And when you receive a lead pastor, then give that person your love and support and caring and kindness. And know that God is with all of us as we go through this time. We do not need to fear and become anxious because the Lord is working and the Lord walks with us in this time. So set your eyes on the goal and put every ounce of energy to becoming like Jesus Christ. And put that into the cause of Christ to build Christ's kingdom in the here and now.
I close then with these words from Cardinal Joseph Bernadine upon his election to bishop. I hope that before my name falls from the Eucharistic prayer in the silence of death, you will know well who I am. You will know because we will work together and play together, fast and pray together, mourn and rejoice together, despair and hope together, dispute and be reconciled together. You will know me as a friend, a fellow priest, and bishop. You will know, also know that I love you. For I am Joseph, your brother. For I am Bob, your brother.